All right, well, we, uh, last Sunday, I, I made a bold uh, statement, and uh, I'll, uh, I'll still stand by that, uh, that I declared that we are living today in real time fulfilled prophecy. We are, we are seeing fulfilled prophecy right, right here and now. And uh, the, the things that so many years of my life anyways, that you know, we just always thought in future tense and uh, you know, that, that was, was out beyond us uh, in many ways uh, is, is here and now. And uh, the things that, uh, you know, were, are prophesied in Scripture, Jesus himself made many prophecies about the future. And uh, they represent uh, a large change from what we have known uh, for, you know, if you're older than uh, dirt like me, I guess, uh, you know, that it represents a, a great change from when we were younger, when we were growing up and the things that we kind of took for granted, like this is our life, this is the way life works. And now we're, we're seeing so much of that change and uh, really truth being turned on its head uh, in, our, in our very midst. You know, some of the most outlandish things are, are being said and, you know, with the sort of uh, emphasis, like, like if you don't think this way, then you're the crazy one, even though it, it's upending, you know, millennia of, you know, the way human beings thought and understood, you know, it's like for thousands of years, literally thousands of years, uh, we always understood that there was only, you know, male and female, right? And uh, I, I, I don't know if I just said something controversial, you're going to, you, uh, don't be offended, okay? <laughs> and all of a sudden, just in the last 30 days, it seems like, you know, no, there's not male or female, or, you, you know, at least you can't tell, you know, child's born, we can't say if it's a male or a female until they decide. That's nonsense and stupidity. I'll, I'll just come out and say that, all right. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, and, and yet those things are, are just declared and like you don't think this way you know how strange are you, you know, it's like no 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 <laughs> for thousands of years we've understood uh, that you know God created male and female and, uh, and yet we're being told so much different and our children especially are being told so much different I saw t this morning I um, that uh, some teacher somewhere has declared that uh, if you are, if you object to thievery, okay, and I'm talking being a thief, right? If you object to somebody stealing stuff from you, you are probably a white supremacist. <laughs> I don't know what that's about. I don't even understand. That doesn't compute. I suppose that is good for everybody else, but not for them, right? And, uh, and it, it just seems daily, daily, we are, we are, you know, things are being declared that are just absolutely 180 degrees wrong from what, of course, you know, you and I have always known and, and uh, have understood. And uh, it just doesn't seem like even some of the natural law uh, is <clears throat> being declared, you know, obsolete or the wrong way to think. 
And uh, we, we have to navigate this. And not only do we have to navigate this, we have to navigate this <clears throat> with the right attitude and right spirit. Um, you know, you, you can tell exactly what kind of attitude somebody has. At the moment, they're under pressure, right? <laughs> and, uh, you, you know, the, the moment we are under pressure, what's inside of us comes out. And uh, sometimes that surprises even us. And, uh, you know, maybe we respond in, in some, you know, fashion that, that uh, seems different than our normal personality. But pressure does that. And I think we are moving into days of pressure. I think we're, we're going to be under more pressure. And, and uh, I think either pressure to comply with the nonsense and stupidity that just seems to be the wave of the, of the near future here, or we'll be under pressure to just keep silent. And, uh, and I think it will move on from there. So, so living under days and times of change and difficulty and change in the, in the probably sense for us, uh, negative change, uh, how, do we, how do we do this successfully? How do we, how do we live this way? Well, I think the number one thing that uh, we arm ourselves with uh, is, is the right attitude and the right spirit. It takes, you know, us to have a strong mind, uh, strong faith, and uh, relationship with Jesus. One of the things that uh, I would encourage you to do, and I tell you so many times uh, in, in recent days, uh, just before I came into the sanctuary this morning, somebody told me that, uh, again, they're, they're reading their Bible. They're in the book of Jeremiah. Um, I'm, in the, I'm in the book of Isaiah myself. And if you haven't yet picked up your Bible to read it, I would just encourage you to do so. Get familiar with the book. And uh, we have Bible reading guides uh, on the little tables in the back of our sanctuary here. Just take one. Even if you've taken one before and lost it, take another one. And uh, we'll get more. We'll get more if, if all of those run out. Uh, and, and just begin to read your Bible. If you want to read it a year, that's a great goal. Uh, if it takes you longer than a year, by all means, take, take as much time as you need. But what we encourage you to do is to consistently read your Bible. So if you get interrupted, you're not, you're not um, you know, disqualified from the team, all right? Uh, you just get back. That's why the Bible reading guide, I think, is so important. It just keeps you on track. And uh, when you get back to your Bible reading, you just go to where you left off, and, uh, and then you pick it up and go from there. I, I just uh, am shocked uh, at times that people that maybe have attended church all their life or most of their life or whatever, uh, they tell me all the time, you know, nobody has ever uh, encouraged me to read my Bible. And I just think, <clears throat> okay, let me be the first. <laughs> Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read it every single day if you can. And uh, get familiar with the book. And then when you read through your Bible, and you know, many, many people have, have read through their, their Bible, I just encourage you to start over and uh, just read it again and read it again and read it again I, I, until Jesus comes. And uh, it will help you. It will speak to you. You know, the first time, I'll, I'll just guarantee you, you're going to bog down by Leviticus. I'll tell you that right off the bat, all right? You're going to just like, whoa, this is like driving in mud, you know. <laughs> um, but keep at it, keep at it, and uh, eventually you'll get through Leviticus, and then you'll get into Chronicles, and that's a whole other deal. Um, but anyways, uh, 
it's not always easy, and it's not always the, the lightest uh, reading. I'll, I'll guarantee you that. But the more that you read it, the more... I tell you what, one of the books of the Bible, I used to just kind of, oh, man, this is going to be a long, a long read here, is the book of Job. Guess what is one of my favorite books of the Bible right now? <laughs> the book of Job. <laughs> and after I read it maybe 30 times, it, it all of a sudden began to speak to me like it never had before. And, uh, and now I, I love the book of Job. It goes by too fast now. Um, but anyway, I, I think in, in the days in which we live, the more familiar you are with the book uh, of the believer, the book of the Christian, uh, the, the better it's going to serve you. And uh, if you have never read your Bible, I just encourage you to pick up a reading guide today. And, or, you know, if, if you know, reading isn't your thing and you can listen to it on a podcast or your recording, by all means do that. Uh, but just be in the Word of God. And uh, we just uh, think it will enrich your life and build your faith. So building the attitude that we need to navigate these days, I think, is undergirded by things like prayer and Bible reading and, and those kinds of disciplines. But I think we also look to the example of Jesus. How did Jesus navigate the days in which he lived and in his ministry, which resulted in opposition and uh, criticism, anger and hatred against him, and yet he navigated that so well, and I think that's important for us. Let's, let's find out what his mindset was all about. We're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, and I want to read verses 3 through 8. should be familiar uh, passage to, uh, to us, uh, but this is Paul's writing to the Philippian believers and saying, okay, uh, you know, persecution and difficulty in times that you're living in, uh, are, are difficult, but this, this is our pattern. This is how we navigate the days in which we live. Philippians chapter 2, verses 3, it says, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Don't let it be all about you, all right? But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you to look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. That, that's not natural to us. You know, we, we want to, uh, you know, be first. We want to make sure we get ours, you know, first. And, you know, we can worry about other people, whatever. You know, uh, it wasn't too long ago, do you remember uh, the rush? There was an urgency, there was a desperation, there was shortage, a perceived shortage on toilet paper. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, man, people wild-eyed coming into the stores, you know, <laughs> only to find empty shelves that once abounded with toilet paper. And, uh, you know, and we could get our... Man, we would get... I'm not going to ask anybody to raise their hands, but more than we need, right? And, uh, you know, Costco, you know, when you go to Costco and you buy toilet paper, you can't buy anything else because that massive <laughs> package fills all the room, man. And uh, yet we drag two of those, you know, and have to tie one on top of our car, and, um, <laughs> you know, get it home so that we would not, you know, there's, there's this natural sort of, uh, 
you know, when, when we perceive a shortage and we might not get our, that we not only take what we need, but we take more than we need, uh, you know, it's just human uh, nature. And, and, and yet the attitude here that, that Paul is describing about Jesus is so not that. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, so we can do that, but also for the interests of others. Hmm. Let's go on, verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. This year, we've chosen the theme of living above and beyond. And, uh, you know, that's an that's a easy thing to say that, you know, we can wear it on a, on a bracelet. You know, we can uh, repeat it and talk about it Sunday after Sunday. But, you know, living above and beyond the, the kind of the things that life is throwing at us right now is a little harder than it looks or a little harder than it sounds and keeping the the right spirit keeping the right attitude uh i think is is really uh more difficult than it's ever been uh in uh in romans chapter 12 uh again paul is writing to the romans here and again really speaking about our attitude this is uh they probably don't have this in the sound booth to project this but Romans chapter 12, if you've got your Bible, you can just open it up there. And uh, verses 1 and uh, 2, it says, I beseech you, or I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And, and, and here's what's really speaking to our point today. Don't be conformed to this world. How do, we, how do we not be conformed to this world? By being transformed by the renewing of our mind, our, our thinking. You know, one of the things about reading your Bible consistently is that it feeds your mind. We are what we think. Our behavior is a result of what we think and believe. And, uh, and if we are just kind of picking up what's going on in the world, we will behave like what we see the nonsense going on in the world. We will adopt that. We will live that. We will, we will uh, consume that. Um, but we are not to be conformed to this world. We are to be transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So if we want to live differently, if we want to live what Scripture says, we constantly have to be incorporating what Scripture says into our own heart, our own spirit. And, uh, and through that, the, the Holy Spirit will, uh, will direct us. He'll help navigate us through whatever it is. And so living above and beyond is uh, harder than it sounds. And it takes real work. It takes faith. It requires us to be committed. I think that will be tested in many of us, I can't, you know, it can't be just a platitude that we talk about on Sundays and then we go home and we live lives of quiet desperation the rest of the week. 
Um, one of the most difficult disciplines to maintain during times like this is, is keeping a right attitude. If you find, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm mentioning this for a friend, isn't that how you say that? Is that, you know, if you find yourself shouting at the TV, you might want to check your attitude, okay? You know, we, we come and encounter so much that we disagree with, you know, and, and it makes us angry and, and whatnot. Keeping a right attitude, you know, news programs, spiritual warfare. I, I tell you, you know, spiritual warfare is still, is still happening. And, and uh, you know, just in so many ways, we, sometimes we, we don't recognize it that. We think, oh, you know, this is, this is drama. And, uh, you know, who's creating drama in your life? Well, I tell you, it's not Jesus, all right? <laughs> you know, when you're in conflict with, you know, in your marriage, when you're in conflict with your family, you're in conflict with, conflict with people at work or, you know, out whatever. What's creating that conflict? What's creating that, that uh, division? What's creating that, that uh, you know, discrepancy in, in relationship? Well, it is, it is Satan. He's stirring those things up. And if we are un, not mindful of these things, we just fall prey to it and we enter into it. And we are not to do that. Don't enter into uh, those kinds of dramas, those kinds of spiritual warfare, because it is the enemy working to keep us off balance and keep our attitude uh, from being the one that exemplifies Christ. All of these things converge to wreck our attitudes. And uh, Jesus, of course, who is always our example, even in his most difficult trial, which was to go to the cross, he demonstrated the right attitude and spirit. I, I cannot fathom this. Jesus, you know, unjustly accused, unjustly condemned, and unjustly hung on a cross. All of this injustice directed at him personally. And Jesus utters these words, found in Luke chapter 23 and verse 34. It says, then Jesus said, Father, forgive them. I don't know if that blows your mind like it blows my mind. I just think, not me. <laughs> not me. I, 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 would, I would find it so difficult to say, Father, forgive them, because they don't know what they do. But there, there he is on the cross. You know, if I was on the cross, people had unjustly arrested me, unjustly condemned me, unjustly, you know, put me on a cross, I'd say, God get them <laughs> you know it somehow would satisfy all this injustice you know that's being done uh to us and and yet jesus again demonstrates father forgive them for they they don't know what you're doing how do you how do you say that when you're hanging on on a cross uh you know for us you know especially in the midst of conflict and spiritual warfare that we face we're we're experiencing injustice, lies, conflict. You know, we, we have to avoid trying to fight fire with fire. The, the problem with fighting fire with fire is that it creates more fire. And if we are going to change that, then we have to fight our battles differently. And that is with the right spirit, the right attitude. We've spoken in recent days, been kind of an underlying part of all of this is the spiritual warfare that we're experiencing in the present. 
Um, you know, it just, it's just like this background noise that moves to every place and every situation that we go, it seems. And, uh, and Jesus prophesied about this very time. You know, like I, I mentioned just a moment ago, I, last Sunday, I, I said that we are living in days of fulfilled prophecy. It's no longer future tense. This is real time. And uh, we're seeing things said and done that absolutely defy logic, absolutely defy thousands of years of, of uh, knowledge and, and patterns and living and understanding. Everything is being turned upside down, that, and it makes no sense. But Jesus talked about this. He prophesied this. Luke chapter 21, verses 10 through 12. And uh, we see signs of this. Uh, all around us. Uh, it says, he said to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. You know, there's all kinds of speculation. You know, the uh, Russia-Ukraine conflict is entering its second year. Um, you know, China sends spy balloons uh, across our, our nation. And, uh, you know, there's all kinds of speculation about that. Um, Russia is now maneuvering to invade Moldova and uh, send his, their troops and their destruction into that uh, nation. And, and so we, we literally see this being fulfilled in our, in our time. Uh, there will be great earthquakes. Oh, let's see. Didn't I hear about a great earthquake recently, right? Um, yeah, the, uh, you know, in Turkey, uh, the, the rescue operations are winding down. The recovery uh, phase of all of that is, is gearing up. Um, by the way, I, I just want to say, you know, if you, if you want to help, you want to contribute in some way, we, we recommend Convoy of Hope. We've hung that on our Facebook page, and uh, you, can, you can access that. And uh, I tell you, Convoy of Hope, uh, they, will, they will be in Ukraine, they will be in Turkey long after you and I have forgotten all about it, okay? They don't just show up and unload some stuff and then leave. They are there long term. I don't know if you remember the, the Haiti earthquake. It's like, oh, what? They had an earthquake? That was like five or six years ago. They're still there. Convoy of Hope is still there. They're still helping. They're still helping to rebuild Haiti, and that's long years out of the out of the news cycle. So, if if you're looking for you know a place when when you give a dollar, uh, that that dollar goes to help. It's not fifty cents of your dollar that you know gets there to help people. The rest of it's overhead and, and all of that. That didn't happen with Convoy of Hope. Uh, it's about ninety six. It varies, they say a little bit, but anywhere's in the ninety percentile of your dollar gets to the actual need. It buys actual stuff. And so you can find that on our Facebook page, Kenai New Life, and, and uh, you can donate through that or through our offering. But here Jesus is, is prophesying these things, great earthquakes in various places, and signs from heaven. And, and this is important here. He says, but before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and, and prisons. You'll be brought before kings and rulers in my name's sake. Now, a lot of times when we read this, we read this with our uh, American eyes and our American experience. 
And we think, well, there's not persecution here. We can still come to church. And, and thankfully, that's true. We, we thank God for that. And we pray that we use this opportunity and this experience for its maximum good. Um, but not everybody who reads that same passage can say, oh, that's, that, that hasn't happened here. Um, if you live in uh, Burkina Faso, every single day you're under the threat and the possibility of your village being raided by Islamic uh, terrorists and your children, especially your daughters, being abducted and taken away. Uh, your life is under threat. Um, we have many of our Assembly God churches in Burkina Faso that uh, have been devastated by this and, and their pastors killed and, and uh, their homes burned and their churches burned down. So we, we don't know anything about that just because our, our news media doesn't report on that, but that, that happens, that's happening now. Uh, if you live in Nigeria, the same thing. The, uh, the Islamic uh, terrorists will come in and, and uh, destroy Christians, kill Christians, and uh, we know so little bit about it. Um, there are Ukrainian Christians and Ukrainians in general uh, that will never go back home. There, there's nothing to go back. There's literally nothing to go back to. It's not like, okay, when all this is over, we're going to go back to our home and, uh, you know, put it all back together. It's not going to happen. Um, whatever was home is gone. It's destroyed. Uh, infrastructure, water, power, heat, all of those things are destroyed. There's nothing to go back to. They are living in subways, uh, tunnels, and and bomb shelters, and, and uh, you know, entire families or mothers with children the fathers are away fighting uh in in battle and uh you know living day to day with uh, emergency supplies some people are living this right now and i think we have to understand that you know i think we always see it through our own lens and our own experience and we think well you know none of this you know they're not persecuting us they're not laying our hands on us and persecuting us uh that is happening it may not be happening here at least yet um, although we, we see troubling signs of that, um, in the recent past, in a couple of weeks, I think, there have been two arrests, I think, in, in Britain, uh, which, again, was the, the birthplace place of personal rights. And, you know, the Magna Carta and the uh, Bill of Rights uh, all emanated uh, from English uh, governments. But uh, recently someone was, a, a lady, was just praying quietly by herself, no signs, no placards, not making a, a sound, but just closing her eyes and standing outside the door of an abortion clinic. And uh, the police uh, approached her and said, uh, can, can we ask what you're doing here? And she said, well, I'm just, I'm just praying. And they arrested her for praying. And uh, kept her in jail for some days and then just let her go. Um, but, uh, and that happened a second time. Like, you know, that wasn't just an anomaly, like some confusion or whatever. Uh, but people who are not even speaking a word, uh, you know, that just having a thought crime, if you will, uh, were arrested and taken to jail uh, because of something they were thinking. 
And, uh, you know, that's, that's a very troubling sign. And, uh, you know, there, there are people who think that should be happening in our country because, you know, the things that we think and the things that, you know, we believe are uh, different than, than theirs. And, uh, and so because we're different, we should be in jail. And those things are literally being said, um, and, and it's unbelievable. Um, but Jesus goes on here in Luke 21, verse 25 and 26. He goes, and there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear, and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Now, all of this can be very fearful. Um, and one thing that we, we like to emphasize is the fact that it's not why God is, is informing us of these things through these prophetic uh, passages here. It's not to make us fearful. It's not to scare us. It's not, you know, so that, you know, we tremble and, and uh, you know, lose our, our confidence. Uh, we know this so that we ourselves can be prepared and that we can encourage others to prepare. And I think one of the most important ways for us to prepare uh, is, is in the right attitude, in the right spirit, in the right you know, ability to have faith in difficult times. And uh, like I said, we really haven't experienced the level of difficulty, like, you know, we, like, you know at times we, we uh, maybe have experienced, but I believe that that's coming. I believe that that's something that that uh, we can fight against that happening and and all. But uh, the scriptures prof, uh, profess what they profess, and so I think it's important that we encourage ourselves and others to prepare our minds, prepare our attitudes, to live above and beyond even in difficult times. And you know we uh, we can kind of think that we're doing that when, when days are good, but we, uh, we need to be aware that uh, not every day is going to be good, and, and what our real attitude comes out when, when is when the pressure is applied to our, to our lives. So it, uh, it serves us to not fall asleep and to be lulled into kind of a, a complacency about these things. When we see these signs take place, uh, you know, is so much the case we need to be aware. And what is Jesus' instruction to us to keep our attitude in the right place? I like this. this is a little later in the, in the Luke chapter 1 uh, passage here, verse 28. It says, now when these things begin to happen, look up, lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Look up. <laughs> Jesus is going to return. And that's what keeps our attitudes strong. Um, all of that we enjoy in this life is temporary. Um, all the things that we own and have, that's all temporary. But the thing that is eternal is our relationship with Jesus. And that's what we need to defend. And that's what we need to cling to and embrace so that we are uh, not attached to the things of this life. And I, I tell you, I, I like my life. I like owning the things that I own. I like having the things that I have. I love the relationships that I have. But all of those, every last one of them, are temporary. It's not, it's not permanent until we are with Christ. And, uh, and then we will be with him 
uh, forever and ever. And that is our hope. So as always, Jesus is our example. Let's look uh, up, let's uh, lift up our heads, and uh, we'll go on here in, in uh, Philippians chapter 2 and see what Paul writes about uh, as Jesus faced his biggest challenge of all that was going to his death on the cross. So Philippians chapter 2 and verses 3 and 4, uh, we'll, we'll go over this again. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. How would that revolutionize our world? <laughs> How would that revolutionize our lives if we just implemented that one verse? Big change, you know, from, from the, the way things generally go. Jesus was selfless. I think that's important. It, it wasn't about him. You know, uh, we'll cover some of this more in just a moment here, but it was, you know, Jesus was here not to uh, be made a king. You know, on several occasions, that was the response of people. They wanted to make him king. They wanted uh, to uh, force him, if you will, to, uh, you know, take charge and, and rid them of, of the Roman government, which they hated. And, uh, and Jesus refused. He says, this is not my kingdom. My kingdom is one to come. And, uh, and so he wasn't out to uh, just bring all the attention to himself, but he was there selflessly providing his life for ours. You know, when we focus on, focus on ourselves in, in times like this, you know, we're, we're given to fear. You know, the natural questions are, what, what's going to happen to me? What's going to happen to mine? Um, am I going to experience some, something that I love being taken away? Am I going to suffer violence or deprivation? And these are natural questions that come to mind that lead us astray from what we really uh, should focus on. Jesus went to the cross for you and I. He didn't go there because, you know, that was something he enjoyed. He prayed, Father, let this cup pass from me. That, you know, would have been okay with Jesus, but not what I will, your will, be done. You know, he went to the cross because of you and I. His focus was not on himself. It was, it was that you and I might know salvation and eternal life. He did not go to the cross for himself, but in obedience to the Father. And he gave his life for you and me. And that's how we can have forgiveness of sin. That's how we can have salvation, is by believing in that very act that Jesus did. We celebrate the communion uh, every month here at New Life Assembly of God. Next Sunday, we'll celebrate the communion. And, uh, and that celebration is to refocus us on that very, that very thing, that Jesus allowed his life to be taken from him so that you and I could have eternal life. And we can, we can participate in that when we allow Jesus to forgive us of our sin and then we begin to live uh, with his will in our, in our heart. So when we lift up our heads, when we look up and lift up our heads, it gets our attention off the losses that we fear. You know, I, I think we, we live very often, you know, in just fear of, of loss. And, uh, you know, I, I won't tell you that we won't experience loss. We may very well in, in some fashion. I, I pray that, uh, you know, we don't get invaded like Ukraine has been invaded. And I'm just, you know, the images, I know it's kind of fading out of the news cycle and we kind of moved on to other things. 
but uh, there are still people, uh, as, as we talked about, that will never go back home. They have lost everything. And, uh, you know, if they're believers, many of them are Christians, many of them are believers, uh, that's, that's pretty much all they've got uh, is their faith, their relationship with Christ. And how would we fare? How would we fare in similar circumstances? I think it's, it's really important that, that we have the right attitude, we have the right spirit, and like Jesus, become selfless in our uh, orientation to those around us. Uh, verses 6 and 7 in, in Philippians chapter 2. Two, two more scriptures there. And, and the thought here is that Jesus was, was secure. Um, he says, who, being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God. In other words, Jesus identified with who he was. He was equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Jesus was secure in who he was. You know, one of the things I think uh, Christians are very average in, you know, like the, the rest of the world, that where we could be exemplary is, is in taking our value in Christ, okay? We, we care too often and too much about what others think about us. If others exclude us, if others criticize us, it damages us in some way. If, if uh, we are accused of something unjust or something that's not true, we, we so easily get hurt and damaged by these things. Now, Jesus was accused unjustly of all these things and, and uh, accused of things that he didn't do and, and uh, you know, was lied about and all of these, all of these things. And yet, it did not diminish his understanding of who he was. And I think you and I, as Christians, we, we, can, we can make a lot of gains if we, if we understand uh, who we are in Jesus Christ, where we get our worth. I think that's, that's probably the, one of the best ways to think about it. Where does my value come from? Does it come from what people think about me? Does it come from my friendships? Does it come from the people who accept me for who I am? Or does it come from Jesus? Jesus died for our sins. He died for me. And I am of greatest worth and greatest value to him. And that's where I should get my value. Because criticism and gossip and slander and all of these things cannot touch me when my value comes from Jesus. And, and yet we, we let so much of that affect us. You know, when, when others gossip and slander and scoff at us, you know, we're, we're too often affected by it. We, we want to hide and withdraw. We want to hibernate. We want to avoid people. You know, go grocery shopping at midnight. Isn't that what we do, right? Because of what others say about us. You know, Jesus, in response to the abuse that was that was hurled at him, didn't allow that to deter him. He didn't cling to his privileges as God. He wasn't insulted by what his haters said. He didn't become a victim or, or an aggressor in response to the terrible abuse that he suffered. It says that he emptied himself of his privileges and fulfilled the will of the Father. He didn't fight back in the same way that they fought against him. So difficult, so difficult. But it's part of that mindset that I think that we should, we should develop in, in that when others criticize, when others mock, when others uh, disinclude us, when others exclude us, um, we, have to, 
we have to understand my value doesn't come from what they think of me. My value comes from Jesus. And he is the one who died and shed his blood for my life. And that's where I take my value from. You know, here's, here's my, my response to a lot of this, you know, things that happen. You know, maybe somebody is accusing you of something and influencing people that you know against you and saying things that are not true and all of that. Here, here's our response to that. Um, if, it is, if it is true, if it is true, I think it is absolutely important that we acknowledge it, we confess it, and we, we repent of it, okay? And, and just get past that. Um, if it's not true, I think our response should be this, is that we um, don't hide, we make eye contact with people, uh, we don't avoid others, we hold our head up. If it is not true, don't act like it is. Don't become a victim. Don't retaliate, but let God vindicate you. If it's not true, why act like it is? And there will be times where people will say things about you or, you know, that will affect you. And, you know, we want to, you know, hide and hurt and withdraw and, and all of those things. Don't do it. You, you play right into the, the plan and strategy of the enemy and to make a victim out of you. And just, just reject that. Just don't go there. If our value and our security is in Christ Jesus, stay there. And, uh, and, I, and I tell you, um, it may take some time, but God will vindicate you. And, and, he will, and your innocence will, will uh, be known. So we live in the truth. We reject fear and we reject shame. If you are innocent, God is on the side of the innocent. Stay there. Number three, and, uh, and this is, I think, one of the key things here is, is uh, verse eight, Jesus was submissive. And it says, he, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Being submissive, I think that's incredible. It takes a lot of humility uh, to be submissive. This uh, Asbury revival, uh, one of the things that I read this, just this week, it, it was being reported, this revival was being reported on national television by uh, Tucker Carlson. Um, uh, he's not somebody I watch, but um, apparently on his news program, uh, was reporting on the Asbury revival, nationwide coverage. And uh, he, I think, made some sort of comment that he was going to go and visit the revival and he was going to report on it live. And I thought this was incredibly interesting and probably uh, really unexpected uh, behavior, but the, the leaders of the Asbury University where this revival is taking place, they got in touch, they communicated with the with this Tucker Carlson. And he said, we understand that you were, you'd announced that you were gonna come and visit the revival. Can, can we humbly ask you something? And he said, yes. And they said, we ask you not to come. And it's not because they didn't like Tucker Carlson or whatever news program or whatever. They just said, you know what is happening here? We don't want to introduce um, 
outside influence into it. What's happening here is humility and nobody's getting the credit for this. Nobody is in charge of this and we just want it to stay that way as long as possible. We don't want to get distracted with national attention and all of these things. If, you know, it's, it's spreading by word of mouth and you know, social media and those sort of things. But, but uh, we ask you, and I, th I think that's an incredibly humbling thing to do. Um, that we just want to see what God is going to do here. We don't want the power of the media involved in this and directing this or affecting this in some way. And, uh, and I, I think that's, you and I need to have that kind of humility and, uh, in this attitude that we are to adopt like Christ Jesus. Jesus, um, you know, in, in all of his uh, persecution and ending up in being nailed to the cross, he, he didn't avoid any of the people that he could have. Um, there were times it wasn't his time and so it wasn't allowed. Uh, but when it was when it was his time to fulfill, he didn't duck. He didn't dodge. He, if you will, played right into the hand of those who would uh, unjustly put him on the cross. And uh, he didn't uh, undergo uh, demonstrate the shame or withdrawal when he, he could have. And I think it's important for us as well to just submit to the will of God in in humility and just allow God to use us. Uh, however he will. There's promise when, when we allow the will of God to walk us through, even as it were, the valley of the shadow of death. James chapter 4 and verse 10 says this, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. And I think that's important for us today, is whatever God asks of us, demands of us, wherever his will leads us, is to humble ourselves in his sight and participate with whatever his will is. And he will lift us up whenever that is necessary, whenever that happens. So would you bow your heads right now? If you're here today and you never asked Jesus into your heart, you've never just prayed, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to forgive me of all the wrong things I've ever done. And I want to live a different life than the life I've lived to this point. If you never prayed that prayer, we would just invite you to do so today. The Bible says that for all who sinned and come short of the glory of God, everyone in this room has sinned. The problem with sin is that it disqualifies us from God's gift. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. But here is the good news. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So we admit, we admit we're sinners, that we don't deserve God's gift of eternal life. But Jesus, because of his right attitude, because of his right submission to God, he has given us this gift, should we take it. Romans 10.10 10 goes on to say, for with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So, so that's the process. We, we believe in our heart, and then we confess with our mouth that Jesus is now our Lord. Romans 10.9 goes on to say, it says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you want to take that today, we're going to pray a prayer. and You can just say, Lord, that's, that's what I want. We're going to do so right now. Jesus, we are sinners. I'm a sinner. I've done things that 
maybe I can't even forgive myself for. But Lord, I ask you today, would you forgive me of my sin? The death that you died on the cross paid for the forgiveness of my sin. And Lord, I ask you, would you forgive me today? I want to make you the Lord of my life. I want you to teach me a new way to live. I don't want to keep living in ways that hurt myself or other people. I want you to teach me a new way of life. Lord, I believe, I believe that you can do that. I want you to come into my life and into my heart today and be my Lord and Savior for the rest of my life. Amen. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer for the first time and you just said, Lord, I may not understand all of that, but I want that. We'd love to talk to you. Following our service today, uh, you want to just make your way forward, we'll, we'll be here. And we'd love to meet you. And if you need a Bible, we'd love to give you a Bible. Um, and uh, just encourage you uh, and give you some help today. So Heavenly Father, help us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And Lord, show us how we can embrace and adopt the mind and the attitude of Christ Jesus our Lord. Lord, give us that identity in you, Lord, where we get our value, where we get our worth, Lord, that no one else can touch. Father, pray that throughout this week, Lord, we'd, we'd have you with us, and Lord, each step of the way showing us Lord, how we can live in this, demonstrate us, and live above and beyond like never before. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. Have a great week. God bless you.